Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to yet another sparkling edition of Plank of the Week. Slightly different this week because, of course, we are in the midst of a lockdown thanks to coronavirus. So I'm afraid uh, that we have had to turn it into a podcast because we can't get access uh, to the TV studios here at News UK. But I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by two stalwarts of the Plankery division here at um, uh, Talk Radio. And it is, of course, Emma Webb from Civitas and it's Maya Tuzzi, our very favourite YouTuber. Very good uh, afternoon to you both. Hello, good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us because I know that it's very difficult, these circumstances. We were hoping to have you come into the building, uh, but I'm afraid that's been ruled out for a while. We might be able to do it again properly next week, but we shall see. But nevertheless, we'll be picking the 10 planks of the week and number one will, of course, emerge right at the very end. So, Maya, let me come to you first for your first plank. Yes, my first plank is Ian Lavery, the chairman of the Labour Party. Uh, he had a conversation on video call uh, with uh, some, his, some of his Labour colleagues and members uh, where he said that while this coronavirus stuff is bad and uh, even we are losing some of our members and voters, it's actually probably a good idea and a good opportunity for Labour to use this, to weaponize this uh, against the Tories and make people understand that you know, Labour should get into power. Uh, so I don't understand why he should uh, use this, as a, as, again, as a tool to... Um, politicised the whole situation so I, I wasn't really happy about him. He was uh, roundly criticised actually even by some people in his own party Emma, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. It's so I mean, cynical, isn't it? The same. Yeah. Emma, what, what do you yeah, make it's, of it? It's, it's so cynical. I mean, it just shows the kind of moral vacuum at the centre of their ideology, doesn't it, really? And I, I mean, it's not just Ian Lavery but all over um, Labour Twitter you've been seeing similar things with, with people talking about how um, this is the time when socialism shines, um, basically reflecting the same sentiment that this is an opportunity um, for mm. Labour to demonstrate that it's actually that rather than um, the mm. free market and individualism and libertarianism and so on, that, mm. that this is you know some fantastic opportunity for them. And they're really just exposing themselves to be being opportunistic over people's deaths. Well, that is that is the problem, Meyer, isn't it? Because I had I was talking mm. to Jonathan Ashworth uh, earlier on today about his kind of you know criticism of the government and the way they've been dealing with all of this, and I said to him, well, what would you be doing that was any different, you know? And he said, well, we'd be testing a lot more people, and I said, well, why? He said, well, because obviously we need to test more people because we need to know how many more people have got the, the virus. I said, yeah, but if you test a load of people today and they don't have the virus, they can still get it tomorrow. So what's the point of doing that? <laughs> and he literally didn't know what to say. And he started stumbling and bumbling around and sort of, you know, humming and hawing. And, and then he said, oh, but they're doing it much better in Germany. They've tested loads more people in Germany. And I said, how many? He said, I, I don't, know, don't know the actual figure. I mean, you know, they're such amateurs, these guys, yeah. aren't they? It is. I mean, the whole problem is, firstly, they, they all think, a lot of people on the left at this point think they all have to ha say something. You don't have to say anything if you don't have anything to say. The other problem is, as Emma said, a lot of people, again, on the left, generally speaking, I know it's biased coming from me because I'm right wing, um, but most people on the right are just going you know, with uh, what's happening. They're not coming up with like, random new ideas. Whereas people on the left, today we had Gordon Brown, 
proposing a global government. Then, you know, the other day we had, and now we have Bernie Sanders saying we should keep all these measures permanently, basically communism. Why do people like trying to take advantage of the situation? I don't understand. Well, Emma, I suppose uh, Gordon Brown likes the sound of any global government that he's a part of. I think he's desperate to still be relevant, isn't he? Um, I think that Labour in general, there's this impression that they are um, even more irrelevant than they had already become. And you see Jeremy Corbyn tweeting um, about the situation and it really is just they're sort of twittering in the corner to themselves. Um, and they have no no self-awareness at all uh, that, that they're really sort of on the sidelines. You know, the government is really taking control of this and take all with all of these emergency measures and are doing a good job. And they've just found themselves completely sidelined. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Who's your first nominee, Emma? So my first nominee, um, it's got to be Extinction Rebellion, hasn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, so Extinction, Extinction Rebellion were um, it was all over Twitter were found to have been putting these um, posters up that say, uh, Corona is the cure, humans are the disease. Um, and I think it was um, Extinction Rebellion East Midlands that they had um, they had tweeted saying that um, the earth is healing, the air and water are clearing. And again, this is kind of the, the, the opportunistic <laughs> playing off of a catastrophe. But um, it's not just, and I hope that I'm not stepping on anybody else's planks here, um, but Idris Elba had said exactly the same thing this week. Um, where he he did this video where he was saying that um, basically that the planet was striking back to kill um, human beings for kicking the planet. Um, and I think the direct quote is he said, any organism would try to rid itself of an infection. So there's the, they've got this weird idea that um, almost like something from a, a sci-fi film. In fact, I'm pretty sure there is a sci-fi film with exactly this theme. Um that the, the planet is trying to kill off humans because we're some kind of horrible, evil cancer, um, which is just awful, isn't it? And yeah. mad, completely bonkers. Well, it is. And also Idris Elba. Profoundly I mean, plankish. Yeah, very plankish. I mean, Idris Elba, who then privately gets himself tested because he thinks he might have it, which, of course, is something that nobody else in the country can do because, one, they don't have access to getting a private test and they probably couldn't afford it if they could. And the thing about these guys like Idris Elba and these various lovies who want to have a whole new world and make it different and make it better for everybody, they don't actually want to make it better for everybody. They're not going to give up their multi-million pound houses. They're not going to suddenly move in to a council estate, are they? These guys want to be part of the ruling elite, and that's why they're saying what they're saying, Maya. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that it, the, the hypocrisy comes out because, uh, as Emma was talking about the extinction, for example, the extinction people previously and historically have always come up with these sort of ideas, genocide and uh, kind of humans have to go extinct. And uh, even like yesterday when this came out, uh, the, the main, the, the people at the top were trying to dissociate themselves, saying, oh, it's not a real branch. It's a parody account run by right-wingers. And uh, Andrew Neil and a few others actually did some research and discovered actually this is a real account and then, <laughs> there are a lot of, there are a lot of other activists uh, uh extension rebellion activists actually coming out uh, replying to the tweet saying i agree i'm like well there we go control your organization that's your problem absolutely right my first uh, nominee is a guy who i'd never heard of literally until this week but apparently he's quite famous a bloke called ant middleton now um i don't know whether you guys have heard of this guy but he's a former british soldier apparently who's now described as an adventurer and a television presenter who's appeared on lots of shows that I've not seen, including Escape, 
which is a survival show, and Mutiny. And the reason that he's on here is because he was another one of these idiots. And I know we've got, obviously, it's going to be very hard to get away from the coronavirus theme here. But he basically was going off to Australia, supposedly, to film some series or other, which then got cancelled. So um, I think he either ended up in Australia uh, with nothing to do or he didn't go to Australia, one of the two things. Anyway, but he's wandering around talking into a, a video. And that's really been a theme this week of all of these weirdo celebrities talking into mm. uh, videos and then putting them up on social media to tell everybody how concerned they are. But he basically went the other way. This is a guy who said, you know, this is a, this virus is not going to kill me. I don't care about it. I'm not worried about it. Am I going to hug my fans when I get off the plane at the other end? Yes, of course I am. You know, I'm going to just tell this uh, uh, disease to F off, basically. And then he had to end up apologising when he obviously got a phone, panicked phone call from his agent because he was roundly, absolutely, uh, you know, de- desecrated publicly. People said, this is a ridiculous point of view. You're going to put people's lives in danger. You're a complete maniac and an idiot. So he then came, came back with this big mea culpa because obviously his agent had said, you've made yourself unemployable you complete plank. So so Ant Middleton, uh, he's a soldier as well. So, I mean, he's fought in Afghanistan and he's fought in Northern Ireland. But, you know, he's brave, but he's obviously an idiot. Uh, yes, I actually saw uh, on uh, Twitter some people responding to Ant uh, Middleton because he was he was trying to say, obviously, as he said, you know, I'm so strong, coronavirus is not going to actually do anything about, uh, to me. And uh, the first <laughs> reply that I saw was, um, coronavirus's first victim is Anne Middleton's career who <laughs> <laughs> just died <laughs> and it is ridiculous and especially after the last three days and we've seen in the news that really healthy young people have also died yeah. yes it is quite rare but that doesn't mean it's impossible people should stop being silly Yes, I think that's absolutely right. Although I was seeing today as well questioning marks over the death of that young woman uh, because apparently um, it happened a while ago, back you know a few days back. Anyway, it wasn't like it didn't happen as soon as the uh, just before the newspapers got the story. And it's the parents who were saying it. Um, no, and so people are kind of checking out whether that's true because she is, as far as we know, the only person who has died uh, under the under the age of sort of you know fifty something. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll keep our, our eyes on that one. Who's your second one, uh, Maya? So my second one is uh, Femi, our beloved owner, ah. Femi. Uh, you remember him? He, he was a future one. Uh, so <laughs> Femi has come out and uh, on Twitter because you know he's got nothing else to do, uh, uh, tweeting at Owen Jones, saying that I tried to join the Labour Party, they rejected my application, and uh, he's asked Owen Jones to help him for some reason. Uh, and the reason for the rejection was because Labour found out that you know he was trying to join Labour to help the other parties uh, somehow, like the Lib Dems and others, basically to sabotage. Obviously, you can't join a party like that. And then uh, Owen Jones obviously replied saying, OK, we are going through a problem and there are self-employed people in trouble, NHS staff members, and you're attacking me because of your membership. And he made me agree with Owen Jones. I don't like this. <laughs> so that's the problem. <laughs> Emma, yeah, it was quite a spat, wasn't it? There was lots of people on my Twitter timeline saying we've got to get these two guys into the same studio together, and we would, uh, we, would, we would, we would, we would put up money on a pay-per-view wrestling match or a boxing match or something like that. I mean, I mean, whenever you see two people who are that annoying going at each other, it's glorious, isn't it? Yeah, it was like a plankathon, wasn't it? <laughs> um, towards the end of their conversation, there was this brilliant bit where they were kind of um, arguing with each other, like ch- like a childish couple or, or children in a playground, where Owen Jones basically said to Femi, "Like you're still going? It's incredible that you know he was continuing to tweet Owen Jones." And uh, Femi replied saying, I I literally asked for for one word of solidarity from you. And the whole thing was just completely pathetic. I don't think you could get much plankier than that. 
You really couldn't. And Femi is literally now still playing this ridiculous card that here I am representing the youth of Great Britain, which he doesn't do, first of all. Second of all, I think he's over 30 now, so he really needs to stop wearing that ridiculous T-shirt. He needs to start dressing like somebody <laughs> who actually is 30 as opposed to somebody who's about 15. And he really is about the most him. hes about the most irrelevant person, Maya, that I could now think of in the whole political landscape. Yeah, and also a bit of a coward because I asked him to debate me a couple of times. He agreed. And he just decided to hide instead. So I have no respect anymore. <laughs> no, well, I lost all respect for him when he came into my studio. There's a famous uh, little video of me sort of ripping him a new backside, effectively, where uh, he came in and he insisted on coming in. And one of the reasons I was so sort of rude to him was because he sort of bullied my young producer at the time, who who I'd said, to, I don't really like people coming to the studio uninvited. It's not really his, you know, kind of, uh, it's not within his gift to tell me he's coming in in person. And she didn't really have the wherewithal to ban him. So when he turned up, I just thought, well, I'm going to make sure you regret doing this now and luckily that's that's what happened <laughs> so uh, how about the, the next one for you emma so the next one is is gonna it's it's got to be madonna hasn't it it does um, so madonna um released this video of herself um talking about how um this virus is the great equalizer um and how it doesn't discriminate between the rich the famous it doesn't matter how old you are or where you live um, and she said that we're, you know, we're, we're all in the same boat. If it goes down, we go together. But Madonna is going to go down in a bath full of rose petals um, <laughs> whilst whilst I'm locked in my East London flat. Um, so, but um, it was it was just um, profoundly um, spoiled. And it just seems to belong to this entire genre of um, celebrities at the moment who have been releasing things like, I mean, we've seen Nick Gal Gadot with her um celebrities singing um imagine by john lennon um and some of the other celebrities who have been posting pictures of themselves um with no makeup on um during their isolation and as if this is some kind of heroic act and it just it's, they've, they've somehow managed to make this all about them um and again about polishing their their halos and showing how virtuous they, yes. they all are yeah, how terribly surprising. And what's going on with her face as well? Because she seems to now have taken on the appearance of a cat. I don't know if you guys she remember. Go oh, on, sorry. She looks like she's been bathing in formaldehyde. <laughs> there was a woman when I used to live in New York called the Bride of Wildenstein. I don't know if you ever saw her, but she literally had had so much plastic surgery that she did look like a cat. And her face was so pulled back. <laughs> And, and with every sort of with every um, extra operation that she had done, she looked less and less human. And, and Madonna's had this. I don't know what's going on, but she definitely, if you look at her, she actually doesn't even look like Madonna anymore, Maya. <laughs> I, I completely <laughs> forgot. I forgot she existed anymore and, until this video came out. And uh, and Emma's right because there's all these celebrities going around, spoiled celebrities, trying to well not to stay relevant, but try to pretend that they represent everybody else, ordinary people with her with their posh mansions and. Uh, uh, and uh, some of them are now saying we want to we're going to have a uh, kind of hold concert from our own bedrooms for you guys and the best one i the, the only celebrity i kind of like at this moment is uh, uh james blunt who came out and tweeted uh, <laughs> every all the other celebrities are doing it actually uh, what i'm going to do for you guys because you don't care i'm not going to have any of this <laughs> i'm not going to have any concert for you guys i'm going to leave you alone and live your own life and that, you know, I respect him for that. Yeah, because let's not forget, I mean, I was going to nominate him, but I think because we've got a bit of a celebrity <laughs> quotient already, Sam yeah. Smith was another one, wasn't he, who was sitting there yeah. weeping and wailing inside <laughs> his £12 million mansion because, you know, life is so tough for him. I mean, what is wrong with these people? Are we allowed to say he or what's happening? Well, I'm calling him he because as far as I'm concerned, I don't care whether he self-identifies as a plank 
he's definitely <laughs> a bloke as far as I'm concerned. But you know, I mean, I refuse. I mean, I was what I was amazed at was that when I read the story, which was on Mail Online, they actually called him they. And I'm like, uh, what is going on at Northcliffe House? You know, Associated Newspapers, former home of Paul Dacre. They're now referring to somebody who's or not, uh, who's gender neutral in some way. You're going to need to come up with a pronoun just for planks. Yes, I think that's absolutely right. Well, I'm actually going to go uh, back to the Labour Party for my second nomination because it has to be Jeremy Corbyn for no mm. other reason than this is his last week as the leader of the Labour Party effectively because they've all gone home from Parliament now and he claims, of course, that he's still going to hold Boris Johnson to account. But I don't know if you watched Prime Minister's Questions, the last one of the, mm. uh, of the session, and I've never seen a more ungracious, just mm. grumpy, miserable old git as Jeremy Corbyn. I mean, you know, you know, okay, Boris Johnson and he have had their troubles in the past and we know that he hated walking into the opening, state opening of Parliament twice with him, you know, when they had to have the Queen's speech twice. And um, he literally was grimacing and doing all of that. But, I mean, what is wrong with these people who are so kind of ideologically hateful towards anyone who they don't agree with that when Boris Johnson tried to be quite gracious and tried to pay tribute to him he literally just was you know it was bulldog chewing a wasp time wasn't it selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, I know. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I mean the, the whole point was you're right. Uh, he had no respect. Boris Johnson actually decided to be respectful and kind of paid a bit tribute, made a bit of a joke. And uh, his face was just like, like a dead zombie, he mm. didn't care. And uh, but you know, I was talking about him on my YouTube show earlier, and they said, "No, no, let's talk about at least let's go through his achievements." Then he took me five seconds, actually paused, and I was like, "Well, that's it. That's it. That's the achievements that we've had, and there's nothing else he's done in his life when it comes to uh, politics and parliament." And the only thing I remember, like you know, in a few years' time, I think when we look back, the only moment I remember when it comes to Jeremy Corbyn is. Uh, when uh, during one of his first DMQs, he said, I, I, I went to Brussels, I met with the EU official, and then they said, and then a Tory backbencher shouted, who are you? That's right. <laughs> that was brilliant. 
That was brilliant. But he's just been... I mean, if you if you were to go back... I mean, I've, again, because I've been talking to a couple of the shadow sort of front benches uh, this week about the whole coronavirus scenario, and if you say to them, you know, what is the... Leg- I mean, I'm giving them an open door to kick. You know, what is the legacy that Jeremy Corbyn leaves behind? You know, what they should be saying is he stewarded us to the worst election defeat since the 1930s. Uh, he managed to make the party more famous for being anti-Semitic uh, than being socialist. He managed to actually completely destroy the centre ground of the party and will probably never recover. But funnily enough, none of them ever said that. Emma? I think if he if 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 he had a, a sort of an appraisal like normal people <laughs> um, do with their jobs, I just what is such an appalling record, isn't it? Really, um, to have such a roster of dire failures um, on your hands, and then to have the the kind of goal to be so petulant and ungracious, as you were saying, um, in in his sort of final hour, um, he's he's just been a, a complete abject failure, and I find it mind-blowing that there's still so much support for him um, amongst some of the momentum types on on the Twitter sphere. Yeah, well, Laura Pidcock, who famously lost her seat, uh, she's been uh, tweeting out great praise for Jeremy Corbyn and saying that he's going to still be a force to be reckoned with. I'm rather hoping he's going to disappear, which is partly why I want him on the flakes <laughs> list, you know, this week, because I'm hoping that he will just disappear into sort of oblivion once Keir Starmer, because <laughs> I'm assuming it will be Keir Starmer-Meyer, takes over in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Um, but, and to be fair, he's been very quiet over the last few years. I've been expecting him to make some comments about uh, the current situation. And uh, I think he's going to be so boring that he's going to make us miss Ed Miliband. And so looking forward <laughs> to it. <laughs> I was hearing the other day that Ed Miliband might be making some kind of comeback. That can't be true, can it? Nah, I hope not. <laughs> well, that's could true. be entertaining, though. <laughs> it could be very entertaining. Time for your third uh, man or woman or, or gender-neutral mm-hmm. character. <laughs> Uh, right, so I'm going with our favourite mayor, um, the mayor of London, Sadiq <laughs> Khan. He has been so impressive over the last four years, and he's just topped it now. Uh, he, obviously, before the, the actual lockdown, he decided to reduce the TFL, the tube service. At the time, it kind of made sense, because you know the government's line was, uh, guys, just stay at home and let's not go out too much. But now that the government's done a full, um, kind of technically a kind of lockdown and said, well, some people have to go to work, including, you know, the key workers and everybody else. Whilst everybody else is at home, the tube service should go back to normal. But City Khan has sent everybody home. And now um, everybody, like it's rush hour time when you go into the train, it's completely packed. and Everybody is transmitting the disease to each other. And his excuse is now, oh, I've already sent everyone home. They're not going to come out again. And I'm like, if, there's, if the problem is a shortage, uh, the NHS is going through the same problem. And they, they asked everybody to come back. The police... We're going through the same problem. They said, no, you guys have to stay, stay out and work. It, the TFL and the Tube is part of the public service area, and uh, they should come back. And if, they, if, if some people are ill, then he should have acted from day one, saying, okay, let's uh, train people immediately and to press a button. All you have to do is just press a button. Just sit there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you guys, do, Emma, do you still use the Tube, for example? Uh, I haven't been, no, but I, so I, I live right next to the tube tracks and I've noticed that the underground only seems to be running um, from here every 20 minutes. Right. Um, and I think the, the latest stats on this is something like the, the, um, the staff, uh, TFL staff staying at home had risen from 20% to 33% or something right. like that. Um, and Matt Hancock said that there was no good reason why they, he would have reduced capacity this much and was talking about reducing capacity further. The idea that you have NHS workers 
getting on the, the crowded underground um, train to then go and look after potentially, you know, cancer patients or people that are extremely vulnerable just yeah. seems completely lacking in common sense. It's, abso- it's absolutely I, mad. I think what Maya was saying that in the beginning, it kind of made a bit of sense that obviously there are going to be financial issues running the services normal if people aren't using um, the trains. But the f- your, your first thought just from common sense alone is that that means that the tubes are going to be more packed and you're not going to be able to stay two metres away from people. And if you look at the, the, vi- the photos of it, people are standing, you know, nose to nose with no protective gear on or, or anything. It's completely dangerous. Oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I stopped using them probably similar to you about a week ago Tuesday because I went to get on them having got off a bus which was very empty thinking, well, the train's going to be pretty empty so I'll be able to stand aside from people. I won't have to touch anybody. And then realised that they were running seven to eight minutes apart on the Jubilee line which meant basically when the first train came it was rammed. And I just thought I'm not, I'm not putting myself at risk here because this is the worst germ factory, a mobile germ factory that, that Sadiq Khan's running. Somebody pointed out to me as well that uh, if the unions hadn't been so uh, big on making the trains con- contain a driver, because the driverless train idea mm. came up some time ago, they'd be running absolutely fine because we wouldn't need any mm. people on them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is exactly all problem with the, the left uh, actually being regressive and then try to pretend to be progressive at the same time. It's not going to work. <laughs> no, it really isn't. Emma, who's your um, a third person? So my, my third uh, entry is an anonymous plank. Um, the person who tried to edit the Wikipedia entry um, on Spanish flu to change it to uh, 1918 flu epidemic. Because um, obviously this is, um, I think this is, this is my sort of plank of the week extraordinaire. Um, this person obviously was trying to do this because of all of the um, criticism of Donald uh, Trump calling it the Chinese flu and are trying to get around the obvious argument that for the last hundred years we've been referring to the Spanish flu as Spanish flu and that the Spanish hadn't been up their arms about it. Um, and so um, obviously this is, you know, it belongs to the same category as um, not that long ago uh, the World Health Organization had released um, a video where they were talking about how stigma was just as dangerous as the virus itself um, that we had to speak about acquiring and contracting the disease rather than um, transmitting or or spreading it or infecting people with it because that attached stigma to it and I think we've seen a shift from um, the early days of the virus where people were still saying things like that to now where kind of luxury of talking about language and all of these silly things has been swept away by the seriousness of the situation Um, and this, this, whoever this anonymous plank is who tried to edit the Wikipedia page so that they could get around the, the rebuttal to their argument about Spanish flu, I think that that's just extraordinary. <laughs> Do you think that person may or may not be a member of the Labour Party? <laughs> I think it's probably quite likely if you look at the sorts of people who argue about it on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, Mara, <laughs> I quite enjoyed Donald Trump's press conference, the one that everybody got so out, 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 sort of outraged about, where he said, it's from China. He just went, it's Chinese, it's from China. That's why it's a big cult, <laughs> Chinese. And the, the, the reporter was, I'm, I'm watching at the moment uh, The Loudest Voice. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's a fantastic show about the making of Fox News and how uh, uh, Roger Ailes kind of got together with Donald Trump and put him in the White House effectively. But but all of that, uh, uh, you, the footage of Trump and the, in the election campaign when he was rude to everybody and horrible to everybody and he made those, those terrible remarks about Mexicans and all of that. And you forget sometimes just how 
absolutely on point Donald Trump is with the whole of his his voting public because one of the things that you know about middle America is that they're all calling it Chinese as well mm. yeah I mean I mean I, I actually take it further and call it the the, the CCP the uh, the CCP virus, the, the Chinese Communist yes. Party virus, there because it, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with it because, it, it, firstly, they have to be responsible for this, uh, whether it was for the cover-ups, uh, whether it was for uh, actually not acting on it, and uh, considering this is a country that's kind of everything centralised, um, I'm not surprised if you know the, the lab, the experimental labs, and all these places, um, the, the actual centralised government knew about it, uh, whether either actually ordered them to yeah. uh, do whatever they were doing. Um, or just like hide everything, and yeah, I, I, I'll call it the Chinese virus. Let's yeah, well, I mean, it's bizarre, isn't it, that we now live in a world where you can criticise the people in this country for not dealing with the virus properly, but you can't criticise the people who run the country from whence mm. it emanated. <laughs> bizarre. Now, my final person is going to be a guy from the airline business, and it's not Richard Branson who actually won Plank of the Week last week. Uh, this week, it's a guy called Peter Bellew. Uh, who is the new boss of EasyJet. Um, he's, he's known uh, by, the, by the name uh, which is rather ruder than Bellew, but which also starts with the pronoun Bell and ends uh, with, another, with another bit at the end. But basically, this is a guy who's come from Ryanair, right? And EasyJet was a very well-run company. Everybody was pretty happy. Mm. I know a couple of people that work in, uh, in that business. And this guy came from Ryanair basically with this kind of slash-and-burn mentality. First of all, ordered everybody to turn up for work, despite the fact that the coronavirus was ongoing and there was hardly anybody flying anywhere. Uh, he then uh, went on and on and on about how ludicrous it was uh, that the press were covering it in the wrong way. Uh, he then started telling them they'd all have to take three months unpaid leave, which they wouldn't be paid for. This was before the government announced that they'd get 80% of whatever. He then tried to slash and burn their paying conditions. He tried to get them to take less holidays, tried to get them to work you know, stranger rotors and all the rest of it. And he then decided that that, that was probably not as good uh, as it should have been. So he decided to make an apology video, right? But instead of just writing his own speech, he completely plagiarised, literally word for word, a speech <laughs> that had been made by Leo Varadkar, uh, his fellow Irishman. And it's so ridiculous. I mean, we played it out on the, on the show on the Talk Radio earlier this week. He literally uses words like... When this, when this is all over, people will be remembered for how they stood up. Uh, but instead of for the country or the world, he says, for EasyJet. He's literally using exactly the same words. And he's such an idiot, this guy. Uh, that people absolutely hate him. And he's caused a massive problem now with EasyJet because all the unions are absolutely revolting. And they're, just, and, they're all, and they're all just going, well, if we have to take three months paid leave, unpaid leave, we're just going to leave the company and go work for somebody else. So he's more or less come in and just destroyed an airline in, in the space of about one month. Yeah, it's brilliant because think, as a sorry, go on, Emma. Sorry, I was just I was just going to say that um, there was a I think in his his response when he was I'm not sure if it was when he was making his apology, but afterwards he said that um, he said that he would write his own speeches in the future <laughs> as if he had originally thought that this was it was perfectly acceptable to plagiarize verbatim, um, but it just so, it seems so out of touch and, and very Ryanair. Yes, mm. really. I mean, because also the idea in this day and age that you ha you you you're you're playing to an audience that hasn't already seen the other speech because mm. everything is now on YouTube. Um, oh, it's very easy to find it. You just think. I mean, it's. I mean, people plagiarize other people's speeches all the time, but you don't do it word for word, do you? <laughs> no. It, it, the interesting thing is the whole and um, this whole situation when it comes to like emergencies, it uh, usually brings out 
uh, which world leader or politician is actually good, who is bad, is not kind of handling the situation as well. But as a capitalist, this is actually perfect for me because this also shows how big businesses and CEOs and leaders uh, also handling their own businesses and their PR. And, uh, and to be fair, he's going to be his own downfall, this guy. Oh, I don't think he's going to be there, I would say, this time next month, because even <laughs> uh, <laughs> even EasyJet, who have got a reasonable amount of money in their <clears> coffers, <throat> what they don't want is for when they do all start flying again uh, <clears> to <throat> have a bunch of people who actually don't want to work and or who have already left, and so they don't have anyone yeah. to put in the planes, for heaven's sake. Well, we've now reached the point where we've got uh, our nine individual characters here so here's what we do next Emma you haven't done this before so what we do is we get you to pick your favourite uh, one of Myers right I'll pick my favourite one of yours and then Maya picks his favourite one of mine and we get three basically out of the nine so um, Maya tell us your three again so that Emma can pick yours yeah so we had uh, Ian Lavery yeah uh, we had Femi and Sadiq Khan so which one of oh, those do you want to put through such a difficult choice because you want Sadiq Khan to be on there every week, don't you? Um, <laughs> I think I think this week I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go for Femi. I think that's a, I think Femi. that's quite a wise choice actually because <laughs> Femi is definitely the man of the moment, and also Sadiq Khan will remain in the top ten, and he's <laughs> he's very much on track for being plank of the month. <laughs> Uh, when March comes to an end, finally uh, next week. Um, so yeah, he doesn't need my help. <laughs> no, exactly. So Emma, give us you give me your three, and I'll pick one of those. So um, my three were Extinction Rebellion, um, Madonna, yeah. and the anonymous plank who tried to edit Wikipedia. Ah, uh, yes, of course. I think I'm going to go with Madonna because, again, one of the things about Plank of the Week is um, Extinction Rebellion will probably be in there quite a few times for the rest of the year. The anonymous wiki editor is, is tempting just because it's a bit like when Maya put the Iranian government up and we thought, <laughs> well, that's so unusual that maybe we should do it. But I think Madonna really, because not only one video, there was more than one video, wasn't there? Because did, did she not do a sort of a voguing one as well, which was which was really very embarrassing. Um, she did one where she was singing about, I think it was some kind of, was it fried fish or something? Uh, yeah. she, she sang a song. It was, all, <laughs> it was all very strange. Right, well, that's a very good final so far, Femi and Madonna. Now, one from me. Um, and Emma, you get to pick which one of these you prefer. It's either Ant Middleton, it's Jeremy Corbyn, or it's Peter Bellend. There, I've said it. <laughs> you want me to pick? <laughs> I want you to pick or one Maya. of those three, yes. No, you. Uh, oh, sorry, Maya. Um, yeah. Sorry, it's Maya, isn't it? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it is. Uh, I forgot about that. Uh, actually, I was tempted to go with Jeremy Corbyn, but I'm going to go with Ant uh, Middleton because that, what he did was just weird. And, that, um, yeah, that was. Okay, so now what we do is we've got three finalists. We have to cut it down to two. So we have to lose the most irrelevant one for this mm -hmm. week, which is actually going to be pretty hard because they're all in there for something <laughs> that they've only really done this week. So Madonna, Ant Middleton and Femi. Which one of those would you kick out, Emma? Um, As being not worthy. I think perhaps Anne. Yeah, I agree. Ant Middleton? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Do you know what? Femi's going to love being in the final of Plank of the Week with Madonna, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> he's moving up in the it's world made, he's probably made his week this um, so what do you guys think do you think we should give it to Femi I think that's quite a good call actually yeah uh, yeah. let's give it to Femi he needs some attention these I days. agree I think Femi is going to be plank of the week so there we have it absolutely brilliant stuff guys thank you so much <laughs> Emma Webb and uh, Maya Tuzi we'll see you very soon uh, the plank of this week is Femi Oluwelo and no wonder because he is such an absolute and utter massive plank when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.